0: You're listening to The Blueprint, brought to you by Executive Platforms. In every episode, we will discuss the topics and trends, the issues and ideas, the challenges and opportunities facing senior business leaders today. This series is one more way we want to engage with our network of industry executives. Thanks for joining us. Hello again, everyone. You're joining us for another episode of Executive Platform's Blueprint Podcast Series. My name is Jeff Nix, I'm Head of Content and Research. My guest today is Johan Bergma of BCI Global. Uh, We're going to have a conversation about uh, reshoring and and what has changed in that space. I think this is going to be a great conversation. Johan, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. I have been talking about reshoring in the manufacturing space since I think about 2010. Like when I was first coming in as a conference producer, this was an exciting thing that people were very energized about. And I feel like it's having another moment, but that's changed a little bit. Am I, am I right? Like t- tell us about uh, what is new in the space of reshoring.
1: But I think you're absolutely right. You're hitting a, hitting a good point. So um, reshoring indeed has been on the agenda in terms of discussing already for many, many years. But if you really looked into it, what was really happening uh, when you looked into the statistics of the reshoring initiative here in North America or similar initiatives in Europe, actually, it wasn't uh, a lot of uh, projects that were really going on at that moment. So, and, and that has changed. So at this moment, um, uh, during the last, I would say two years, you really see companies uh, taking a move in reshoring or at least in decentralizing or regionalizing their manufacturing footprints.
0: Now you just had an opportunity to sit down with a bunch of manufacturing executives and yes. and talk about reshoring. You know what was some of their thoughts and and experiences with this new resurgence of popularity in the in the topic?
1: Yeah, so so we had indeed a a nice luncheon roundtable with with manufacturing leaders about this specific topic. Uh, one striking thing was there was one company around the table that actually did a real reshoring project. So all the others were also in the process of optimizing their footprints. They were looking at dispersing their footprints, they were looking at decentralization and regionalization, but nobody really did pure reshoring. So picking up a location from, uh, let's take the example of China, closing that completely down and shifting it over to, for example, North America. There was one example around the table, for the rest not. But everybody uh, agreed that, hey, the topic of optimizing footprints, de-risking footprints is really high on the agenda at this moment, And, and that is where everybody agreed that's different than a couple of years ago.
0: Well, let's expand upon that. I mean, what is driving this change to sort of uh, re-examine the global footprint and try to optimize to, to take some of the supply chain risk out of things?
1: Well, it, it is first of all by recognizing that um, uncertainty has become a kind of a new normal and that companies need to act upon that. And also recognizing that by changing the footprint strategy, you can really seriously mitigate uh, a number of those risks. Now, the risks are coming from the geopolitical side. We all know about that. I don't need to repeat everything that's happening there. That's, that's a key driver, but there's more than that. So there's, for example, also the scarcity in the labor markets that's playing an important role. Um, there's also, on the other hand, the opportunities that technology are offering nowadays to do different things in the, in the footprint and organize your manufacturing on a global basis in a, in a different way. So there's a, a couple of different developments coming together that together drive this, this new development.
0: What are some of the, the challenges and obstacles that organizations are facing when they say, should we do this or should we not? What are the drawbacks? What are they considering?
1: Well, what I found nice in, in the, in the roundtable discussion we just had was, you know, one of the first barriers that we typically call out is, can you find in the location where you want to relocate to, can you find the supplier ecosystem and a knowledge ecosystem that you're you're looking for. And actually, the one company in the the roundtable that did actually reshore brought this also up as as one of the key challenges. So they said, hey, we we thought we would be able to find exactly the same types of suppliers also closer to the home market. But in fact, we're not. So we're still importing a lot of materials from Asia into North America. And that means that we're still quite volatile to to, uh, risks that are there in that other part of the world.
0: Now, is the idea having moved uh, this piece of their footprint into sort of a regional manufacturing base that'll generate suppliers in, in that area, like the, the, the
1: ecosystem will, will grow around them? Exactly. That, that's exactly the idea. And that's what you see a lot of companies having that idea, but it will take time to mm-hmm. develop that ecosystem. So that ecosystem in, for example, Asia has also not been built from one year to another, right? That has been decades uh, shaping that and sizing that as well. So. Uh, that cannot be compared or, or uh, um, you know, uh, built as a similar uh, ecosystem from one year uh, to the other. That that's going to take time. And that's what what people in the group and also in, in my broader uh, customer portfolio also recognize as as one of the key challenges in this. Uh, other other challenges are you know labor availability, which is a challenge overall, uh, but but uh, especially when you relocate significant activities. Um, Also, how to manage with the cost and and the risk of change. Uh, So shifting a manufacturing operation from one side of the world to the other side of the world is also not something that's very easy. It's a very complex process. Um, So that's another barrier.
0: I want to talk a little bit more about the the labor side of this, because I think um, it is one of the bottlenecks that manufacturers face when they start saying, "Okay, well, we want to expand in North America or we want to move our footprint around. What are some of the um, options available if they want to make sure that they have the workforce in place when they're making these kinds of uh, footprint
1: optimization decisions? Well, first of all, it, it is a key driver for footprint optimization initiatives uh, uh, from the beginning. So we, we see in our portfolio a lot of clients now asking, hey, can you help us find out to what extent can we still grow in the current location where we are? And, and the answer in many cases is, well, you can't really f- grow further there. So if you want to uh, uh, expand capacity further, you, you are forced to look to alternative locations. So, so that's one, uh, one thing. Um, one, of the, the, um, um, one of the solutions that a lot of companies are studying is, hey, bring in more technology, uh, automate more, become less uh, dependent on labor, right? one of the great insights from the roundtable discussion we just had is hey yes that helps especially on the on the pure you know manual labor uh, side of things but it creates also another labor problem because um uh, scarcity is, is especially high in the in the higher tech type of uh, type of jobs and and by automating more you create more demand in your own company for that type of jobs right so you're also creating your own own problem so that, that illustrates that uh, the labor scarcity uh, topic is not an easy one to be solved. Mm-hmm.
0: Now I understand uh, BCI Global is actually a, a consulting firm in this space and you help your clients make these decisions. Yep. Tell me a little bit about how those conversations work and, and what your
1: organization really is all about. Yeah, th- thanks for asking. So um, BCI is indeed uh, specializing in manufacturing footprint optimization and related location and site selection. Um, so that means that we help companies the way from the beginning when the first ID starts that hey we need to revisit our footprint all the way down to you know finding the right location if that's the outcome of a, of a strategy review um, and and we do that in a very fact-based way so our clients have their own opinions on new locations or new footprint structures uh, our task is to bring the facts to the table from a cost perspective from a qualitative perspective from a risk perspective so as much as possible data-driven analysis in a scenario analysis type of uh, type of working, uh, comparing different scenarios with each other, uh, helping them to find the perfect solution for the future.
0: I try to put myself in the position of a, a manufacturing executive who is aware we have a, a global footprint and you know, supply chain disruption is the new normal. Mm-hmm. And I need to figure out, OK, what do I need to make in Asia? What do I need to make in Europe? What do yeah. I need to make in North America? If I'm coming to BCI Global and I'm, I'm weighing different options, mm-hmm. what is getting started look like? How long should I expect? DCI Global to need to come back to me with some information. What does the process look like?
1: So so d- how long the process takes depends highly. I'm a consultant. Of so <laughs> uh, it depends highly on the complexity of the project and the scope of the project. But but a, a global footprint review of a typical company, you know, it, it takes a couple of months. And, and uh, the beginning of the project is really gathering detailed information and data on your assets. It's not the most fancy part of the project, because the project really starts to become interesting once you are past that data collection phase, and you start looking into defining scenarios and analyzing scenarios. That's much nicer and uh, looking into the future, shaping the future together than making the, the picture of today's uh, uh, footprint. But the as-is is really the basis of, uh, of the analysis. Eh? You need to have a good comparison base based on factual data of the as-is to to be able to do a thorough analysis on scenarios later on and and determine what is the impact? What does it bring us if we transition from our current state uh, footprint to uh, to an optimal uh, footprint in the future? And what does the working relationship look like? Is it that I've come to you for an
0: answer for the question? And once you've answered the question, are organizations part, uh, part ways? Or is it more of an ongoing partnership? Like once you've worked with an organization, you remain in contact so that you can more easily engage with them for future questions. Mm-hmm. How does that work?
1: Well, the latter is, is certainly what we prefer. And we see a lot of uh, clients also looking at us uh, that way. So they see us really as a partner for this type of question. So we do an initial big initiative. And then we also have the models and the database, etc., ready. So that if follow-up questions come, they can easily call us in again for maybe a smaller type of project, and also those kind of follow, follow-up questions as well. And a lot of clients uh, are working with us that way. Of course, we also do every now and then one-off uh, projects uh, where a client has a need. At this moment, we help them solve it, and then you know we we part again and and see if a couple of years down the road a new project comes up. But partnership is is what we like to do. And, And in order to do this kind of footprint projects, because they're highly complex, to do them successful, running the project is always in a close partnership with the client. team. I'm so
0: glad you mentioned uh, the complexity of it because I think sometimes when we speak in things, broad hypotheticals, it can sound very easy, but of course there's a lot that goes into this. Yeah. I wonder if you could give us uh, one or two specific examples. You wouldn't have to mention a client by name, mm-hmm. of course, but walk us through an example of, of the
1: work that BCI Global has
0: actually done with one of your clients yeah. and how the decision worked.
1: Yeah. So so a good example is a, is an automotive supplier company who had 36 manufacturing plants around the world. Um, basically that that footprint came together by a lot of mergers and acquisitions over the years and that company came to us and said hey uh, we don't know what the perfect solution is but we what we do know is what we have today cannot be perfect uh, because uh, we did not design it ourselves it just you know came through all those mergers and acquisitions so with that company we ran this detailed toro process first going through a very intense uh, data collection phase um, Uh, gathering all their data on the as-is, also interviewing their top management to get more the strategic view of the company, then defining the scenarios together and analyzing those scenarios in order to come region by region, so for North America, for Latin America, for Asia, for Europe, to come to the perfect network in each of those regions. And um, yeah, that that was a six-month exercise, and the company is currently implementing all of those uh, initiatives uh, in the different regions.
0: And what is the, the outcome that they expect? Like this is going to save time, save money, uh, reinforce their supply chain. Is that basically you know it's across the spectrum?
1: Is, is the goal or? Yeah, so so um, uh, of course projects are often uh, driven by cost. So that's one of the, the key factors. But it's not only about cost, and that's also what what we always say because you can at the the, the lowest cost possible uh, um, scenario hardly ever is the perfect scenario for our client. you also need to weigh in the risk aspect, Um, today more important than ever before. So looking at political risk, looking at supply chain risk, looking at economic financial risk, looking at natural disaster risk, etc. That's just as important in the end as as the cost elements. And then you have a whole lot of more qualitative aspects. How fast can we supply to customers? How reliable is our supply in each of the different scenarios? Um, How close are we to our supplier base or how close are we to our customer base? So there's a lot of qualitative criteria weighing into the final decision-making as well.
0: And of course, that also speaks to what you were talking about earlier with uh, the available talent in a, in a location. You want to make
1: sure that they can set up shop, get the people that they need and also scale over time. Absolutely. So labor availability and labor quality, just as labor regulations are, are also really important factors in, in the qualitative part of the assessment.
0: For people who have been listening to this, I think probably their mind has turned to their own organizations and everyone, as you say, is weighing pros and cons of, of global footprint optimization. What are some things they should be keeping in mind as they're working through their options?
1: I, w- I would say the, f- the first point is, if you do this, really do it fact-based. So, so they have to take that extra step in terms of gathering uh, all data on, on the current situation as well as gathering a fact-based uh, to analyze the different scenarios. So don't go immediately up to a very high strategic level and only do qualitative assessments in terms of pros and cons. Really model out those scenarios because once you do this, uh, uh, this exercise, you, most companies don't do this every month, every year, or, or even in a, in a lower frequency. So if you do it, you need to do it in the right way in order to make the best decision for your company longer term.
0: Well, as you say, I think most companies probably don't have an internal experience and capacity doing this.
1: So partnering with an organization like BCI Global would also be part of that thought process. Absolutely. And and we're happy to be part of uh, those exercises as well. I must add to that, you know, we also work with clients that have small internal groups doing this, but still call us in for the external perspective. That's also a really nice way of uh, of working together. But for many companies, this is not core business and still very important to the success of their business. And and that's where we play a role as uh, the external experts in this.
0: We've covered a lot of ground when we talk about reshoring, global footprint optimization, site selection. Um, If there's one key takeaway you want people to think about a little further, what would that be?
1: Well, I think um, uh, first of all, uh, reshoring is, is happening, but it's not maybe pure reshoring, it's more, decentralization or regionalization of manufacturing footprints. So, so I think that's the key takeaway. And, and my message to companies that want to go into that journey is do it in a detailed fact-based way, because now you have the chance to shape the success of your company for the future.
0: For people who have been listening to this and maybe have some questions or want to learn more, what's the best way to get in touch?
1: first of all, happy to, to have a discussion with people who are interested. And I think the best way, simplest way is to send me an email at at bciglobal.com. Of course, people can also contact me through my LinkedIn profile.
0: Okay, well, I encourage everybody who has been listening who might want to, uh, to speak to Johan to do that. I always am just so pleased when people make their personal contact information available. Johan, this has been great. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you as well. My pleasure. (laughs) You've been listening to another episode of Executive Platform's Blueprint podcast series. I've been Jeff Mix. Let's do it again soon.